Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience, continuing yep. some well-doing seat, no nope. glory and honor, and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious, and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Uh, Great Luke, yes. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge count? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue in sin? Nope. I'ma ask you again. Yep. Should we continue in sin?
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard Two sides to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose All right, all right, all right. You're gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. Shalom, good morning. Welcome once again to another episode of the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge, ISBHBK presents Bible Talk. My name is Mashad. I'd like to welcome you to our classes. Um, if you'd like to call into our class or like to share the word, we think this might be important for people to hear. You remember the live show. Uh, area code 646-668-2568. That's area code 646-668-2568. Um, you, you, can, you can share that um, uh, phone number with, with family, friends, relatives, or, or whoever. Um, I didn't come and listen to the show live. All right? Whether it's um, uh, Mondays with myself, Tuesdays with Thousand Files, Wednesdays with myself, Thursdays with myself, or Friday nights with uh, the brother Bada Bad. Uh, whenever we do the Block Talk uh, live class, you can call that number and you can share that number um, and spread the word that, that uh, Block Talk has started. Uh, we also are on, uh, since this is a podcast, you can reach us on www.blogtalkradio.com. Again, that's www.blogtalkradio.com talkradio.com. When you pull the page up, type in, um, type in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, and in the search box, it'll bring you to our, our episode page. And you, um, in chronological order, starting from the newest to the latest, um, uh, you, you can check out our, 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 any of our classes that we've done here on Blog Talk. Uh, uh, welcome. Um, as you know, also know, please, we invite you to please check out isbhpk.com. Please check out um, the website we have uh, that we put together, isbhpk.com, um, by the brothers in Houston, Houston, uh, Norfolk, and, and Rochester. An amazing website. Um, you can get some latest uh, high holidays, events, um, and links to Chosen Creations, links to uh, Sweet Ambiance, links to Israelware, um, and check it out. You have links to um, uh, study aids. There's a uh, link to um, also some of the YouTube channels uh, that, that have been put together. As far as the Hidden Truth, uh, Israel uh, Media Corps, and the Five Minutes of Wisdom, it's all located there at isbhpk.com. We invite you to check it out. If you can make any of the live classes. Uh, also, we have, uh, uh, we have classrooms or classes, camps set up in San Antonio. Uh, under uh, the brother of Warner Iyer and San Juan. We also have camp in or school in Houston, Texas, under uh, the brother Quatrezac and uh, Lab Kara. We have a camp in, in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, uh, under the, 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 tutor, the tutorage and leadership of Kazakia, out there with, uh, with Aria. And we also have Rochester, New York, with your brother um, Zion Ala, uh, if you happen to be in, in the uh, Rochester, New York area. All right, welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, just get a few of these mouths out the way because we got a lot of reading to do today. There's a lot of reading to do today. Um, just a reminder, we do have the 18th uh, uh, Hebrew Summit coming up. The 18th Hebrew Summit coming up February 3rd, 4th, and 5th in Houston, Texas. 
Um, we invite you to, uh, any and everybody is invited to come and, and check it out. Uh, Friday will, will be the Unity Camp, starting at 1, uh, 1 p.m. And then Saturday will be Sabbath class and, and the summit. And then Sunday will be the, the family um, uh, barbecue and, and fellowship. So definitely invite. It's going to be in Houston uh, at this particular time. You know, we, the summit takes place about every three, three to four months. And now it's going to be, for the first time, the summit's actually going to be in Houston, Texas. So, you know, everybody's invited, all Israelites, everybody invited, come check it out. Um, if you have a business, uh, um, you're more than welcome to get in touch with the brothers. Um, uh, Kazaki Kwataza, uh, or the brothers of Kwan, up there from um, Yahweh's camp in, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And you can like to set your business up um, as a way to network to other Israelites. Uh, this, this is a good chance to uh, get that done. Um, uh, just you know, help 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 Israel come together and in, in what we're doing, okay? And every in, in every aspect of life possible, you know. Invite you to check it out. So that, again, this is gonna be February third, fourth, and fifth, um, in Houston, the eighteenth um, uh, Hebrew Hebrew Summit, uh, presented by Maya Shalva. This time sponsored by ISBHPK uh, Houston. Uh, and then March 6th, it's going to be Parim. March 6th and 7th, it's going to be Parim. Are you invited to, 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 to fellowship with any brothers and sisters or families or camps um, as, as we honor and, and we acknowledge uh, March 6th and 7th as the days of Parim. All right, cool. So with that, brothers and sisters, uh, got, we, there's a lot of reading to do today. Uh, we're actually going to be going into the, um, the, hit, the Hebrew Israelite history of Gideon. All right, the Hebrew Hebrew Israelite history of Gideon. But, um, you know, some things I need to start off with. We're going to Isaiah chapter 34, verse 16 first. Um, the trying to lay the premise, a later foundation of, of what we're doing, why we're doing, and hopefully try to help get everybody um, um, a feeling of the direction we're going in and why. Um, if you're brand new to the show, um, hence the name of the show, we we do call it <clears throat> Bible talk. We try to let the Bible do most of the talking. All right, try to let the Word of God actually come out that much more. So with that, going to Isaiah chapter thirty-four verse sixteen, the book of Isaiah chapter thirty-four and verse sixteen, and it reads: Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail; none shall want her mate. For my mouth that has commanded, and His Spirit it has gathered them. I always like to start with this scripture here. Um, tell you the purpose of, of why we have this Bible show. All right. Um, when I was when I was grew up with my parents in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, going to church, you know, we, we'd have Bible study um, on Sundays, um, and I believe that there was a, like a youth Bible Bible group on on Wednesdays, and we would only get like maybe three or four scriptures. All right. We but man, but it's for for big church on Sundays and Sunday school. It wouldn't be a lot of scriptures. It would not be a lot of scriptures, but we're actually seeking in the book of the Lord and actually doing a Bible study. That was one thing that, that uh, as I came to this knowledge of, of my nationality, that I really, I truly am a Hebrew Israelite. I am a descendant of the 12 lost tribes of the nation of Israel. That a Bible study wasn't really a Bible study. Um, I grew up in, in, in an age, I'm, I'm 52, 53 years old, 52 years old, and I... I in my elementary school years, 
a lot with my you know my my, my Sunday school years. Um, we came from 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 a background where if if there was a word you didn't know, you were told to go look it up. Um, so, so we had to be familiar familiar with a dictionary. Um, we had to get familiar with encyclopedias. Uh, we had to get familiar with the Dewey Decimal System. I know for a lot of people, that's just um, some foreign talk that I'm talking about. That um, you had to go actually do some research. You actually had to go in and, and, and use your mind and do some research. This was long before there was the Internet, uh, where everything was, was at the touch of your fingertips. Yet you had to actually go to a library and actually do some studying. You might have to get the... Um, uh, um, uh, the power slides, the, the slide projector, the microfish, the microfilm. I know a lot of people have no clue what I'm talking about. But you'd have to actually go and do some real research. You'd have to go and get some actual encyclopedias, dictionaries, um, uh, history books, actually go and study things, actually go look things up. And when it came to a Sunday school, if I understood how, like, if there was a subject in school that I was dealing with, there would actually be an actual study. We'd have to go get, put together a bibliography. And a bibliography is you had to go get reference books to help, help understand what the point might be. You had to actually do some studying. Uh, we had time when we went to the library, um, actually had to do some reading. And we, we, we'd be given assignments to have to go and look up information. Again, not just at the, at the touch of your fingertips where it's, it's just, it's just uh, given to you, You'd have to go do a, do an actual real study, um, uh, take notes. Uh, we, uh, we even learned like a, a shorthand because the teacher would be teaching the class, and it was your responsibility to 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 get what she was saying or he was saying. Um, but if it was anything written on, on the board, you knew it was important. You had, you had to you had to make sure you wrote, wrote it down, and then you had to take notes in class. Um, it's, it's amazing, just, just as a sidetrack this a little bit, I'm talking to my, my two youngest kids, um, ages uh, 13 and 15, and they don't even carry, they, they carry backpacks, but they don't have books, they don't have textbooks no more. And I know I, I definitely came up in an age where we were assigned textbooks for every subject that we dealt with. You had to put your name in it, and you can see where where the previous year, who might have had that same book, um, usually the books got rotated every two or three years with newer editions or whatever, but you actually got assigned textbooks for each subject. And then we had to carry those books, those textbooks to each class. If it was science, we had science textbooks. If it was math, we had a math textbook. If it was English, we had English textbooks. Um, school systems today don't even deal with that. They don't even deal in, 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 with textbooks anymore. Now there, there's, there's um, uh, pads, whether it's iPads or, or some type of a, a pad, and they get left in the classroom. And then very rarely does anybody get assigned any homework anymore. This is amazing. And, and it, to me, it, it, it's, it's shocking that this, this is where the American educational system has gotten to, that people don't study no more. And again, I'm only referencing all this behind and going to Sunday school. And I went to a Baptist church. I grew up in a Baptist church. Um, going to Sunday school, a Sunday school Bible study, we'd only give three scriptures, maybe four. And that would be the extent of, of, of the Bible study. It, it'd be a lot of, of, of um, if it was the, the, the youth Bible study on Wednesdays, 
it would be uh, more singing. It would be more um, activities. It wouldn't actually be a Bible study where we're putting precept on precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. It wouldn't be that at all. It would be one or two scriptures read and a lot of people just talking. A lot of the, the, if it was the Sunday school teacher or if it was the pastor in, in, in the big church, they pull the scripture out, trying to read along with it. And, you know, if he's reading from the King James and I've got the new King James or I have the King James, he's got the, the good news or whatever, that the words didn't really match. And you try to keep up with, with the one or two scriptures that they pull, and then it'd be him expounding and giving a sermon and, and being very long-winded um, and very emotional, very, 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 very moving, especially if it in a black church. Um, it, it, it would touch your, your emotions. And by the time the choir, um, you know, uh, we're, we're singing, there's spirituals. Um, you get caught up into the show. And when you leave out of church, um, you know, uh, what did the preacher go over? I don't know, but it sure was good. Um, it's nothing that you can actually be, be able to take home and apply in your life. It'd be a lot of, lot of uh, just gimmicks, is the best way I can say it. It'd be a lot, a lot of, uh, um, that means just uh, a lot of Hallmark card type moments. But it wouldn't be nothing that you actually remember that you actually read the Bible and actually, and actually read the actual book of the Bible, like what the Bible here tells us to do, right? Um, so, again, Isaiah chapter 34 and verse 16. I know that was my experience. That might have been everybody's experience. But that was definitely my experience coming up in, in, in the Baptist church. And then when I got to the military, um, I wanted to know, well, even before I got in the military, I wanted to know why was my family Baptist, but there was a huge Catholic church uh, on my way to, uh, to, to middle school, um, a huge Catholic church. And, my, then, you know, I just got to questioning, well, why is there a Catholic church and why is there a Baptist church? How do we know, you know, I'm, I'm going to this Baptist church, but how do I know that, that what the Baptist church is, is talking about how do I know that the Catholic Church isn't more correct or that that's the right way to go? Then they built, they saw my Baptist church, they built a Methodist church. And that really threw me. That, okay, okay, all right. So within a, a one-mile radius, I, I grew up in, in, in the northeast heights of Albuquerque where it was very, very, um, there weren't a lot of black folks on, in the northeast side of, of Albuquerque, okay, just to be honest with you. Um, so unlike in, in a black neighborhood where you might have a, a, a church every two or three blocks, uh, and, and, and this part of the Albuquerque that I was in, within a two-mile, maybe three-mile radius, there was three churches. But to me, that was, that was like, wow. So are we supposed to be Baptist? Are we supposed to be Methodist? What is that the Methodists are teaching that they got right that the Baptists don't? And then what are the Catholics teaching that? Why, why is there so many different churches was, was, was my question. Which one, are we to, which one are we supposed to be doing dealing with? So I asked my parents if I go to a Catholic church when I live with them. And they were like, no, hell no, we're Baptists. Even though my dad at the time never went to church. <laughs> he never went to church at all except for funerals. 
uh, and, he, and which is amazing now now he's the, the Sunday school director um uh for his church but what which one do we are we supposed to go with so once i got to the military i actually went and checked out some uh catholic masses some catholic um um uh services and there was a lot of kneeling and standing a lot of kneeling and standing is what i remember um they didn't do communion uh when i went to the to the catholic services um on, on these particular days they didn't do communion and there was no bible study there was no bible scriptures read at all um and like like i said it just there was no bible study. the point i'm trying to get you is there really was no actual bible study right but now when we come to isaiah the book of isaiah chapter 34 verse 16 this is what this is what it, the bible actually says isaiah chapter 34 verse 16 seek ye out of the book of the lord and read and this is something that was never been emphasized in any of the uh any modern religions uh christian religions uh in the world to actually read what the bible says to actually read it we got a lot of bible stories we got a lot of bible hymns we got a lot of bible songs and spirituals and to me it was amazing that when i first came into this knowledge and they were sharing it with me the one of the things that was said was it's amazing how our people know more more hymnals than they do scriptures and i go back and you know reflecting in my mind like damn it's true our people know more bible songs and have memorized more bible songs than they and then they not know actual scriptures and and then it was it was said that you know in dealing with christmas um yeah rudolph and 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 santa's 12 reindeer and at the time we could rattle off santa's 12 reindeer at the drop of a dime but then it was said to me all right now name the 12 disciples and that just that again put me on the floor like oh i, I know more about about santa claus and real red nose reindeer and prancer and prancer and dancer and blixen and blixen and dixon then i actually know the 12 disciples the name of the 12 disciples so it just, it just came to my like what bible study are we doing what studying are we doing to actually know that we know this is what god wants that we're actually doing things the right way so if i want to know what's the right way of doing things it says isaiah chapter 34 verse 16 seek ye out of the book of the lord and read and the book of the lord is the bible and the emphasis in and read the bible the book of the lord therefore to come back and say now no one of these shall fail nothing that is written in god's word is going to fail me nothing that is written in god's word is going to fail me now that that did it for me that did it for me these are the words of god this is the book of the lord this is what the bible actually says it can't be based on what my mom told me and i love my mom, mom to death can't be based on what my dad said i love him to death also it can't be on just somebody that i, I respect and consider to be wise or or or, or um or deep i gotta get it straight from the horse's mouth let me seek out the book of the lord and read nothing in the bible is, is, is has written 
it's going to fail me. I might not agree with it. It might show me where I'm wrong a lot of times. But understand that these are the words of God. This is the Bible. And it says, none shall want her mate. Then you can't make the Bible any other book. I tried reading the Quran in the military. I tried reading the Quran in the Bible. And the Quran, it was just a bunch of gibberish. I really, I promise you, it, it, was, it, was, it was worse than one fish, two fish, three fish, blue fish, whatever. I could not understand. It was in English. I do remember the Quran was written in English, but it made absolutely not one lick of sense to me. And me and myself, I thought it was because I grew up in the white side of Albuquerque. I thought because I grew up around so many white people, my, my first grade class, we had, how many black people in my first grade class? I was the only black in my first grade class. First grade. Um, we had one or two Mexicans, but then the rest was all white people. Um, in the whole school, um, my elementary school, there might have been 10 black people, maybe 15, maybe 20, as actual students. As far as teachers, not one. There was not one black teacher in any of my elementary school uh, environment. Middle school, uh, we had the Black Student Union. We had Ms. Sellers. Um, we had uh, this one teacher's name. Her name was Miss Knight. She was an English teacher. Um, that was about it. Nope, Miss Humphrey. Take that back. Middle school was Miss Humphrey. She was the choir, the, the choir um, uh, teacher. Her her son was Cheney Humphrey, um, the the Olympian, Olympian, the, the gymnastic Olympian, Cheney Humphrey. Um, his mother was our choir teacher in middle school. Then in high school, yeah, there's a few more black teachers, a, a few more, and a few more blacks, and especially when they changed the boundaries. But it was much a white experience, and I'm not teaching this class to bash white people. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that for myself, when it came to trying to read the Quran, I, I put in my mind that the reason I can't understand what the Quran is saying because I've had more of a white experience than I've had a black experience. I was thinking that I, I've been around white people so much and spoke proper and, and, and like to read that when it came to the Quran, I, I was just too whitewashed. I, I was just too whitewashed. That, that, that was the thinking. I just couldn't get it. But I knew how much I believed in that Bible. I knew how, how, how important the Bible was. And now to come back and actually see the Bible saying, seek ye out the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail. The scriptures, the pro- and especially the prophecies in the scriptures, they're not going to fail. You can't get around God's word. When God says something's going to happen, that will never fail you. And then for God to say it's going to happen, if God predicts something's going to happen in the future, that's a prophecy. Then once those prophecies take place, guess what? That becomes history. That becomes a tangible history. We can actually go and research and look it up and see God said this is going to happen. We can now go back and trace the history and see in history, yes, the exact same way it was prophesied in the Bible, some 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 years before the event happened was written in the Bible, and then it came to pass in history just like it said. Just like it said. Had me hook, line, and sinker. None shall want her mate. And you can't not match the Bible with the Quran, with the 
um, Egyptian Book of the Dead with with the uh, um, uh, the Book of Masons. Uh, I try I try to look into them a little bit, but I, I guess I wasn't savvy enough to be become a Mason or whatever. But I understood nothing matches the actual Word of God found in the Bible. Nothing, especially when it comes to the prophecies that are found in the Bible. It says, "For my mouth it has commanded, and His Spirit has gathered in." That God is the one who had all these things put together. The, the the prophecies in the Bible put together and compiled into one place called the Bible. All right. So from there, uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter three, verse four. Ephesians chapter three, verses four and five. It says, "Whereby when you read." So we got from Isaiah thirty four sixteen to seek out the book of the Lord and read, read. Now, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4, it says why? Whereby when you read, you may understand. That if we're not reading, how can we understand reading on with Isaiah, Ephesians 3, chapter 3, verse 4? Understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. If we're not reading the Bible, then the mystery of Christ is going to stay a mystery. Which religion is Christ? What's the right way to go? What color is he? Um, should should we be going to church on Sundays, or should we be going to church on, on Saturdays? I understood about the Seven Day Adventists. I understood Jewish people went to church on on Saturdays. So if the Jewish people are the people of the book and they go to church on Saturdays, why are we going to church on Sundays? And why are there so many different denominations? Which one's the right way to go? Because I I, I I was very and I still am. Very concerned about my salvation. I want to be saved. I want. I want. I want. I want to be one of those those, those servants that Christ, when He returns, says, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." I want to be found also doing the right thing. So it says, "Whereby when you read." So why is it important to read that we may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ? That there is a mystery about Christ. What's the what's the right way to do? Did Christ really do it with all the laws of the Old Testament? Um, uh, is he Baptist? Is he Methodist? Episcopalian? Seventh Day Adventist? Jehovah Witness? Mormon? Which Christ is it? Which way should we go? What should we be doing? There is definitely a mystery about Christ, and in uh, verse five, Ephesians chapter three, verse five, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And understand this here that we learn modern Christianity from the age of discovery. That since the so-called Americans were discovered, with with Columbus first coming over, uh, the Portuguese uh, coming over, um, uh, the English and the pilgrims or whatever first coming over, that's when Christianity first came to the Americas. And it was dictated by whichever conquerors or colonizers came and brought the, their message of, of Christ without letting the people here in the Americas given the ability to actually read what the text says. They actually read what the book says. So to me, it, it, it became very important, very, very important that we, do, that we read. We've got to read. We really want to understand. Just like, you know, um, Again, I, I know I'm, 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 I'm tapping into something that a lot of people never don't really deal with no more. But you know, a lot of movies, movies that are made, 
were first books first. All right, that any movie that that's made was first a book before it was made into a movie. And when you read the book first and then watch the movie, you get so much more depth and so much more from actually reading the book than you do the movie. That, you know, back in the day um, in school, we had to read uh, Romeo and Juliet before we could watch the movie. We actually had to go and actually read Romeo and Juliet. We had to actually go and read Of Mice and Men. We actually had to go read, um, I remember uh, elementary school, I remember reading Charlotte's Web. We had to actually go read the books, and then after we read it, then we, um, and, you know, do a book report and, and working on our, our Bible, on our reading comprehension, then we would be allowed to go back now and, and, and watch the movie. And the movie missed a lot of details. Just like uh, these modern-day movies with um, Noah, with uh, um, Christian Bale. No, he played Moses. Uh, man, please. They missed so much that they missed so much in that movie that the book does say. It's like, damn, this, this, this is two different films. Oh, you got Noah with, with Russell Crowe? Please. When you read, read the book and then watch the movie, you're like, where the hell did y'all get this from? This, compared to what the book says, makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. None. The, it, nothing is accurate. Not a damn thing. When you go back and read about the Passion of the Christ um, that, that Mel Gibson put out, then compared to actually reading the actual events in the, in the book, there's no comparison. So this is why it's important that we read, right? This is why it's important that we read. Um, and now we're going to Romans chapter 15, verse 4, the book of Romans chapter 15, verse 4, and it says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. If it was written aforetime, it was written for our learning. Whatever was written in the Bible, whatever God had written and, and put into this book called the Bible, it was written for our learning. So as I was going to these churches and they were getting away from the Old Testament, it was just the New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. To read the scripture here, hold up. For what seven things were written aforetime weren't for our learning. Okay, before Paul wrote this to the brothers and sisters that were in Rome, then what things were written aforetime? Because the book of Romans was a letter from Paul to the people of Rome, to the Jews, to the believers in Rome. So he couldn't be talking about the New Testament. So then what things were written aforetime is what we now call today the Old Testament, the scriptures. That they were written for our learning. So to be in, in, in churches and, or in, in places where they don't stress reading the Bible, there's not really a Bible study going on, especially where, where the Old Testament is kind of shunned. The Old Testament is not really, really, there's no type of studies dealing with the, the Old Testament. But the Bible says, the, the New Testament says, that those things are written for our learning. So that, how do we know that we're actually learning the right way and what the person is saying the preacher, the, the pastor, the bishop, the father, the cardinal, the deacon, how do we know what they're saying is true if we don't actually read the Bible ourselves? If we don't actually read it ourselves, how do we know that what they're saying 
is true. Remember, Christ did tell us that in the last days, there are going to be many false prophets and false teachers that are going to deceive many. If we're not reading the Bible to see what the word of God actually says, then I didn't want to be one of the ones that's being deceived. I did not want to be one of the ones that's being deceived. Let me read what the book is saying. So, Romans chapter 15, verse 4, once again. For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope that, okay, that from whatever's written in the Old Testament, it's supposed to have developed my patience and give me comfort and give me hope. But if I'm not ever directed to go read the Old Testament and actually read what those 66 books, or 39 books, I'm sorry, 39 books. Now I'm getting twisted again. Um, I got my numbers messed up. Let me get this again. How many books in the Old Testament? According to Wikipedia, content, the Old Testament contains 39 Protestant, 46 Catholic, or more Orthodox and other books divided very broadly into the Pentateuch, Torah, the historical books, the wisdom books, and the prophets. Cool. So 39 books of the Old Testament. I know I had it right. Just, just making sure. 39 books in the Old Testament, 14 of the Apocrypha. That if I'm not reading these things, how do I know that, that the person who's claiming to be a bishop, a reverend, um, a father, a padre, a, uh, um, uh, uh, a, 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 a deacon, a reverend, a pastor, how do I know that what they're saying is true? How do I know that what they're saying is, is proper and correct and right? If I'm actually reading the Bible to see this is the word of God. So we got to read. We got to read. We got to read. And then now when we get, get to Job chapter 8, verse 8, the book of Job chapter 8, verse 8, the book of Job chapter 8, verse 8, it says, For inquire, I pray thee, of the former age, and prepare thyself to the search of their fathers. We have to, the, again, what's the Bible saying? Inquire of the former age. Not let the, let, let the past be the past. Let bygones be bygones that a lot of times things will be said, well, those were Bible times, and now we're living in modern times. So the Bible's not supposed to be used in modern times? Let me go read about the mistakes that the chosen people made in, in old times so I don't make the same mistakes now, as opposed to just the, always being like this dismissal of don't worry about the Old Testament, just, just focus on the New Testament. And, and the songs and the hymns and the gospel music. Focus more on that. Don't actually read what the Old Testament said. Do not get caught up into that. We tell you about Joseph and the many-colored coat. We told you about that. No need to go read it. We told you about Noah and, 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 and the ark and the animals, that it, he, he gathered the animals by two. But hold up. When I read the book, he did gather the animals by twos, but he also gathered the unclean animals by twos, but the clean animals he gathered by sevens. Oh, snap. Okay, hold up. What does it mean clean and unclean animals then? 
Uh, there's some details here that 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 that's being left out. All right, cool. Moses. I know about Moses, and he threw his staff down, and his staff um, uh, uh, turned to a snake, and the, the Egyptian magician, the Egyptian magicians, threw their staffs down, turned into snakes, and then Noah's staff ate their staffs. I know that's what I've been told. Even though it wasn't Moses' staff, it was Aaron's staff. I tell you, what, it was Moses' staff. It was Moses' staff, but. Why, why come you never showed in the book it talks about another sign that Moses had was that his hand went from dark skin to white, back to dark skin, as a sign that the Lord God was with him, ready to save the Israelites. Let my people go. That there were a lot of details that, that weren't being told due to just the Bible stories the Sunday school stories that you miss when you don't actually go and read. So inquire. So the Bible is telling us what? Inquire and pray the other former age and prepare yourself to the search of their fathers. Then when we get to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 7, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 7, it says what? Remember the days of old. We're supposed to remember the, the days of old. Not, don't let them go. Forget about that. We're living in the here and now. If, if, if Christ told us that in your patience possessing your souls and that the things written aforetime was for my patience, for my comfort, then why would I want to throw that away? And for me personally, again, my, 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 my experience in the military, it got to the point where I was smoking three packs of cigarettes a day and dealing with stress. We drank every single day. The alcohol, the smoking, and then and I, I got no problem telling people this. I did more drugs in the military than I did as a civilian. I literally did more drugs in the military than I did as a civilian because that was my comfort. That's why I would go try and find comfort, which would be very temporary. And then being a sailor, I was a sailor in the Navy. There were a lot of ports. There was a lot of uh, red light districts. I'm going to say it like that. Give me the PG. A lot of red light districts. A lot of drinking. A lot, a lot of places I don't remember because for the amount of alcohol and drugs that was being done. And for the, the amount of vinegar that was being drank, the amount of golden seal that was being taken to, to, to mask the, the, the urinalysis uh, test, the, 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 the piss test that was, that was going on. It was a lot of that going on. So I wasn't really finding no comfort. I wasn't finding any comfort. And now to read the Bible, and the Bible is saying that the things written before time were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Damn. So the thing that God gave me to give me, help me with my patience, the thing God provided to give me comfort, the thing God provided to help give me hope, I'm ignoring it. I've been directed not to, not to consider it. And then I wonder why my life is in shambles. I wonder why, why there was depression, anxiety, a feeling of, of, of hopelessness. That 
no matter how much we drank, that, that, that was temporary. No matter how many red light districts I visited, that was all still temporary. So, Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 7, remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will tell, show thee. Thy elders, and they, will, and they will tell thee. I got to go back to the Bible. We have to read. All right? We have to read. Brothers and sisters, I need to take another quick intermission with all that right there. When we return, we're going to, uh, my return, um, you can get your, your Bibles ready. Um, we're going to Judges chapter 6. All right, we're going to be going to Judges chapter 6. Let me pull up here my notes so I, when I can get back from this little intermission break. Uh, brothers and sisters, if, if, uh, as you know, I do, I do deal with, uh, with diabetes and high blood pressure and stuff, and I'm trying to get my diet together. And, and that's right. I'm getting my diet together under the, under, uh, the directions of the brother um, uh, Tazapah and also the VA Medical Center and stuff. Uh, brothers and sisters, um, Chia seeds. Chia seeds has been brought to my attention. Oh, they work for the fiber, for the omega-3s that they provide, um, and the cleansing aspect that they provide. Chia seeds, brothers and sisters. Yeah, from, from back in the day, chia, 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 believe it or not, that, that, the, that's the actual food fiber that we're supposed to be eating. That right there, brothers and sisters, is doing wonders for my health. It's, it's helped me uh, uh, regulate my blood sugar. It's helped me regulate my blood pressure and, and bring it down. And I've added a lot of garlic under the direction of, 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 of experts. What's we'll like that? I've added a lot of garlic. Um, I've up my water intake. Um, what's it? Add magnesium. Oh, goodness. Brothers and sisters, magnesium is the number one uh, nutrient that people are most efficient in. That's the number one most efficient nutrient in anybody's diet is magnesium. Brothers and sisters, add magnesium to your diet. Add magnesium to your diet. Um, the, the chia seeds for the omega-3s um, and sea moss. If you can get your hands on some meat, some sea moss. Now, if you happen to be in the San Antonio area, um, the sister Quadashaya, Bonabar's wife, does sell the sea moss uh, uh, capsules at uh, EO, Pure, EO Pure Therapy, located there at um, uh, uh, Rolling Gold Small. Uh, for the 92 different nutrients that are found in that's found in sea moss, do yourself that favor. If you're dealing with any type of insomnia, you're dealing with any type of of, of um, uh, body aches and pains, or just irregularity, add sea moss, chia seeds, and magnesium to your diet. Just try it out. Just try it out. But with that, (laughs) your need to go to the restroom is going to be upped. Uh, The frequency of going to the bathroom is going to be be, um, up. So, let me go ahead and uh, put some music on, and I will be right back, and we will continue. But we're going to go to Judges, the sixth chapter. All right, we're going to be starting at Judges, chapter six, verse one, when I do return. 
So give me just, just give me a minute, y'all.
right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. I am back, I am back, I am back. Thank you for, for your patience. Um, all right, so brothers and sisters, we are going to the book of um, – I'm sorry, you know what? There's one scripture I forgot. There is one scripture I forgot. Let me, let me pull it up as, as we're dealing with today's topic. Um, before we go to Judges, chapter 6, verse, verse 1, uh, we need to go to 2 Timothy, chapter 3, and verse 15. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, and that will be faster for me to do it that way, huh? Let me get back to my notes here. All right. Um, we'll go to the book of Second Timothy. Chapter 3 and verse 15. Right, again now, Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 15. It says, And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make, make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. So in this series that I'm, I'm going over um, concerning biblical salvation um, and then how we have to, it's important that we look at the Old Testament and study the things of the Old Testament if we really want to understand salvation, the salvation that God is bringing, the salvation that God is, is dealing with, and what we should be looking for um, as far as salvation. What should we be looking for and, and what's the expectation uh, in order to be saved? Um, so with that, um, again, I'm in, in the series, uh, we also go to Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 27. And it reads, uh, Therefore, thou deliverest them into the hand of their enemies. They are dealing with the Israelites, the chosen people of God, the true Jews. Um, the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, that we have been delivered into the hand of our enemies many times. God delivered us into the hand of our enemies because of our sins, because of, of the evil that we were doing in his eyes, because we did not obey his laws, statutes, and commandments. We didn't follow after his judgments. Um, we got entangled with the, with the, with the gods and the, and the customs and the cultures of the nations around us many, 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 many different times. And each time that would happen, the Israelites, as, we read, as we're going to be doing more reading, were, were delivered to the hand of the enemies. And it's just a recap here that we're reading about in, in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 27, once again. Therefore, thou deliverest them into the hand of the enemies, who vexed them. And in the time of the trouble, when they cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven. And according to thy manifold mercies, Thou gavest them saviors who saved them out of the hand of their enemies. And what was always taught me with the scripture here is how the Lord has always sent saviors, plural. Now, growing up in, again, with the Christian background that I've grown up with, I know that Jesus Christ is the anointed savior, that he is the savior, um, my, my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, speaking in English. I get that. that, that nothing changes that. But how can I really understand what that means? First off, I see that God has sent more saviors before. 
Before Jesus Christ, there were more God sent other saviors. Before Jesus. So, again, now reading the Old Testament, this is what got my mind going. Like, Hold on, wait a minute. This ain't nothing new. People being saved or needing a savior in the Bible is nothing new. I, I, why does it say he delivered into the hand of the enemies who vexed them? And according to that money, for, uh, and then when they, they cried unto thee, you heard them from heaven, and you sent them saviors who saved them from the hand of the enemies. Okay, we, we got to do study now. It's time to start doing some studying and time to go into this. So we've been doing uh, this, this study in the book of Judges where we've dealt with from, from Moses, not in the book of Judges, but in dealing with the different saviors that God has sent the Israelites from Moses to Joshua to Othniel to Ehud to... Uh, Barak and, and, and Deborah And now we're going to deal with The Savior or, or Deliverer Gideon Of the children of Israel That when we look back in the Old Testament Whenever God was dealing with salvation It was always towards Or dealing with the nation of Israel Being saved from their enemies It was always the nation of Israel Because of their sins They were given into the hand of the enemy. They were given into the hand of the enemies, and then when they came, when the Israelites came back together, confessed their sins as a nation, then God was sent the Savior to save the nation. I have not read where it was about the one individual being saved, as much as it was about the nation being saved, the nation of people called Israelites. So that helped me get a that's helping me get a little better focus on. I, I, we, I know Philippians chapter two verse or three verse uh, two verse twelve says this, um, for everybody to work on their own salvation with fear and trembling. I'm, I'm not negating what Paul said. I'm not negating that at all. That yes, it's important that everybody does work on their salvation, but we have to work on our salvation and knowing who we are, if we're the Israelites or not, and understand what salvation is. That the salvation of the Bible and the salvation that Jesus Christ is bringing. Is to actually save his people from their sins. Actually, deliver the Israelites from the hand of our captors, from the hand of, of, of our enemies. That is what salvation is. Now, I'm, I'm trying to touch on this as we continue with Judges chapter six, and it's this thing. There's, there's this automatic uh, prejudice that, that people assume that and fear. I'll say it like that. Because of, we, were, we were taught being saved just from a religious point of view. And we've been, been given this notion of what hell is. And that we have this fear of, of, of what we've been taught incorrectly about what hell is. And I want to be saved from that. I want us to understand and hopefully As I'm going through some of these classes The salvation that Jesus Christ is coming to bring Is to save The nation of Israel Out of this captivity that we're in That's the salvation Of, of, of what being saved is all about And that hell I'm going to put that class back together 
hell isn't talking about going to this place of of of, of uh, somebody with pitchforks and 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 and, and looking like um, uh, the Baphomet or looking like uh, Mephisto or looking like um, um, uh, Hellboy. No, uh, uh-uh, no, that that's that's not it at all. Biblical salvation and God's salvation has always been dealing with primarily the priority being saving the Israelites. The Israelites coming together, confessing their sins, their faults that they've done against God, that we've done against God as a nation, and then God sending a deliverer, a savior, to save us from the hand of our enemies that we that delivered to because of our sins. Now, yes, this is go ahead and throw it out there. When the Israelites were saved from the captivity of the Egyptians, did other nations benefit? Yes. Other nations did benefit because the Egyptians were the world power at the time. So when, when the Israelites were freed from that captivity, there were many other nations that were freed also, but the priority was the nation of Israel being saved from that oppression, being saved from that slavery, being saved from that captivity. And then as we've gotten to the book of Judges, I'm reading about Othniel and the Israelites doing evil in the sight of the Lord and being put in captivity, being put in slavery to uh, the Assyrians, the Mesopotamians, under Kushan. And that we came together as a nation, confessed our sins to God, and then God sent us uh, a deliverer, a savior. That first one being Othniel from the book of Judges. After Othniel, well, we were straight for a little while, and then we got to sinning again. The nation of Israel started sinning again and following the gods of the nations around us again. Then we were put into another captivity. From Othniel, we went to Ehud. Ehud delivered us from... Uh, I'm sorry, your mind is going. Um, Ehud, Ehud delivered us from the Moabites. Ehud delivered us from the Moabites. And then uh, after that, after Ehud, um, after he died, we get to sin it again, going against God again. And God had to raise up the Canaanites. And then that's when we, we, we got our senses back together. We prayed to the Lord, our God, as a nation, confessed our sins as a nation in the 12, at the 12 tribes of Israel. And then God sent the, 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 the deliverance and the judges, Barak and Deborah, Deborah, however you want to say it, to, to deliver us and to save us from that captivity of the Canaanites. Now we're in Judges chapter 6, and let's just pick up the read. Judges chapter 6, starting at verse 1. And this is going to be covering how now Midian is going to oppress and have Israel in slavery because of our sin. All right, so Midian. And let me just read this first. Let me read, let me read this first. I had in my notes yesterday, so I just won't put it here. We're going to read Judges chapter 6, verse 1, but I wanted to go to the John Gill commentary first. I want to go to the John Gill commentary first. We're going to read that, then I'm going to come back and read the scripture, okay? So this is Judges chapter 6, verse 1, and I'm reading from the John Gill commentary, John Gill commentary on the, on the Bible. Um, and it says, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. That is what it says. That's what the scripture says. 
Now, this this historian and this researcher is going to give um, uh, his commentary about what this is saying. After the death of Deborah and Barak, during whose life they kept to the pure worship of God, meaning while Deborah and Barak were alive, they making sure Israel was serving God properly and pure. Anyway, God wants to be worshipped, like St. John chapter 4, verse 24 says. So Deborah and Barak helped keep Israel in order and made sure that we were following the Most High. Reading on, it says, and who perhaps lived uh, pretty near the, uh, the close of the 40 years of rest. So while, Deborah, while Barak and Deborah were alive for, for that 40 years, the Israelites stayed faithful to the worship of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to the laws, statutes, commandments, judgments that was given to us by Moses and Mount Sinai that we stayed faithful to that now for 40 years after Barak and Deborah delivered us from the Caesarea and, 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 and Javen. Okay, reading on uh, with the commentary. Um, or of the 20 years from their victory over uh, uh, Jabin, but they dying, the children of Israel fell into idolatry. For that, that was the evil they did appears from Judges 76, verse 10, even worshiping the gods of the Amorites. All right, so yes, the Israelites, after Barak and, and Deborah died, we got back into idolatry again. We chose, not because we can't keep the law of statutes commandments of the Most High, we chose not to follow the law of statutes commandments of the Most High and get God mad at us again. Reading on, and reading on now with the commentary, and it says, now, quoting the scripture, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. So here goes another captivity now. We're in captivity for another seven years. After Barak, and after Deborah died, all right, um, to, the, to the Midianites for now seven years. It says, this was not the Midian uh, where Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, lived, which lay more southward, but that was joined to Moab and was more eastward. The people had been destroyed by the Israelites in the times of Moses in the way of the land of Canaan, in their way to the land of Canaan. And we, you can read Numbers chapter 31, verse 1 for that right there. It says, wherefore, they might bear them a grudge and now took the opportunity to revenge themselves on them. Then now the Midianites are now taking revenge on the Israelites at this particular time. Guys, let them do this because we, the Israelites, started getting into idolatry again. We started ignoring the, the ways of God, the laws of God, the statutes of God, the judgments of God again, and following the ways, the culture, the, the, the idols of the nations around us. So God was allowing now the Midianites to get their revenge upon us. It says, um, revenge, revenge themselves on them. God permitting them so to do for their sins. And through the destruction of this people by Israel was very general. Yet as some, yet as some of them might make their escape and afterwards return to their own land, and this being about 200 years ago, uh, might with others joining them repeople their country by this time 
and become strong and powerful. So it had been 200 years since the conquest of the promised land. When the Israelites coming, coming out of Egypt, we dealt with the 40 years in the, in, in the wilderness. Then after that 40 years, Moses died and Joshua was leading into the promised land. So from that time that, Mo, that Joshua led us to the promised land, to the history of reading about now, 20 years that it had, had elapsed. All right, 20 years had elapsed, and we, the Israelites had already been in three captivities, three slaveries in that amount of time. Are, are we together? Now, I'll say it again, meaning the Israelites, we kept sinning against God. We kept going against his law, such as commandments, and we kept following and being like the nations around us. We kept following the nations, their cultures, their ways, their gods, how they worship um, their, their depravity, their, 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 their moralist societies, um, their lawless societies. We kept following after them. And then we go in captivity. We praise them. We, we go in captivity. Then the Lord would, uh, then we confess our sins and the nations to God. And God would always send a deliverer. Othman, Ehud, uh, Barak and Deborah. Now we're back in the same cycle again. As we go through the book of Judges, brothers and sisters, one thing I want to hopefully I can bring out and point out when the scripture says that God is long suffering and full of mercy, we have got to look and see that how many times the Israelites, my forefathers, how many times they we do right by God, but then almost immediately we go left and want to be like the nations. And want to be a part of the nation's culture, and want to be like live like the nations, and be like the nations, and didn't want to be, and we chose not to follow God. We 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 always we, we would always choose someone else. Come in now to Judges chapter six verse one. The book of Judges chapter six verse one, and it says, "And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand." Of Midian seven years. Verse 2, Judges chapter 6, verse 2. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. Now, this here is, is not the catacombs, but because of this captivity, this slavery that we were now in uh, under the, the Midianites, that we would have to go and try to hide our, our produce, try to hide our food. Trying to hide our our, um, um, our resources in caves because the the Lord and the Midianites come through and 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 wreck havoc, take what they want to take, eat what they want to eat, and charge us taxes uh, at will, and and, and plunder and destroy uh, 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 crops and fields, uh, plantations, uh, all the good that the Lord has given us. He let the Midianites come and 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 beat us down. So we had to hide our food and hide our resources in, in, in food pantries, if you will, in food storage facilities that we had to dig out to go hide the food because it, 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 was, it was bad, y'all. It was bad. The Lord was pissed at us. All right? Um, Judges chapter 6, verse 3. Judges chapter 6, verse 3. And so it was. When Israel had sown that, the, that Judges chapter 6, verse 3. And so it was, when Israel had sown, meaning when we went and planted all the crops and all the, and, and all the, that great land, that real fertile land that God gave us, 
the olive trees, the, the olive yards, the vineyards, um, and all the various different crops of, of, of everything that we grow plants. It says that the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites, the Amalekites, and the children of the east, even they came up against them. That you had the Midianites, the, the Amalekites, Amalekites, Edomites, so-called white people. Um, Midianites basically being Arabs, Amalekites being um, uh, white people, uh, Edomites, uh, Caucasians, and the children of the east. But they were surviving um, so-called Chinese, so-called Japanese, the children of the east, they all came up against us now, taking what we had sown, reading on. And even they came up against them, Judges chapter 6, verse 4. And they encamped against and they and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor ass. They came in and took everything. Everything that, that would be needed to help sustain your family, keep you to keep your family together, keep your family fed. The nations were allowed to come in and take it all. Similar to like in, in the ghettos uh, today, in, in so-called black and Mexican uh, uh, neighborhoods today. Why are the Chinese people with Chinese food restaurants all up in our neighborhoods? Why is, why is the um, uh, East Indians um, uh, and Arabs able to run the convenience stores all up in our neighborhoods to this day? Why are the pawn shops all up in our neighborhoods to this day? Why are the the the, uh, 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 the petty loan places owned by East Indians, owned by by Arabs, all up in our neighborhoods to this very day? It's similar. It, it, in, in this respect, it's similar. They're taking. They're able to raise up and get themselves rich, and still be taking away from us. But there's a reason why. It's not because we're not educated. Is that because we're not voting? Is that because we're not uh, circulating black dollars around uh, uh, or Mexican dollars around our neighborhoods? It's because we keep sinning against the Lord our God. We keep wanting to be like the nations. We keep wanting to follow their cultures, their ways, and, and, and how they do things, and not follow what God had, had set down for us, and we agreed to being the Hebrew Israelites, being, being the Israelites. Verse 4, um, verse 5. It says, for they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for a multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. The Lord let these, let these heathen, let these Midianites, these Amalekites, um, and all the children of the east come with all they had, and they ate and consumed and took Everything from from our land, leaving us with nothing, and then charging us taxes. Verse six, and Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. It says we cried unto the Lord. We didn't cry unto um, the Democratic Party. We didn't cry unto the Republican Party. We didn't cry unto. Um, the Jewish Defense League. We didn't cry unto um, the United Nations. We didn't cry unto unions to stop what's going on. 
We didn't cry for the police to come and stop this inju- these injustices. It says we, the children of Israel, we cry to the Lord our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in crying unto him, we had to confess that the things we kept doing against God, the things that our fathers was doing against God, we had to confess that it was all wrong. And that the reason that our enemies were vesting us the way they were vesting us, because we deserved it. Not because we're the victims, but because we deserved it because we, we went against the Lord, our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We, have, we were not keeping his laws, his statutes, his commandments. So God was, so in doing that, God was no longer protecting us, protecting us from our enemies. So God was letting our enemies do this to us. So we were confessing to God, yes, we're wrong. We're not the victims. Reading on, verse 8, Judges chapter 6, verse 8. Then the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, not the God of the Baptists, not the God of the Methodists, not the God of Episcopalians, not the God of the Democrats and Republicans, not the God of the Crips and the Bloods, of the thugs, of the, uh, um, of the bankers, and of entrepreneurs, and of businessmen. Not that God that's going to come up with all these plans to help save the people. That, you know what, that we need to go ahead now, and we need to combine our resources with the other nations so that now we can come up and have, get stocks, and get some bonds, and get Bitcoin, and that's what's going to now give us some financial stability. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. We didn't. We didn't. Um, we got into uh, Buddha and Buddha worship, um, and, and and chanting and and peace. Yum do rayo ye ryu. No, we didn't do any of that either. We didn't look to how uh, the other nations. That the other nations went to arms. The other nations went, well, uh, went to battle and 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 took their liberty. Took them. We didn't do that. We cried unto the Lord. Our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Genesis chapter six, verse eight again. That the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, was sent unto them. Thus said the Lord, the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage, because that's what Egypt represents. The word Egypt actually means bondage. He said, look, I brought you up from Egypt out of the house of bondage, verse 9. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. Verse 10, and I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites, whose land ye dwell. But you have not obeyed my voice. There was a reason why we're going through what we're going through at this at this particular time in history. But what the, what we're reading now in Judges chapter six, there was a reason why the Israelites were going through what they was going through. It wasn't because the laws and statutes of God were too hard, too impossible, because we're only human. No, we chose not to, and we chose to be like the other nations, and to worship and and do the things that the other nations were doing. But she's an animal, and what God said, don't do after them. Don't be curious about how they worship. Pull down their altars. Pull down. Do not do what they do. 
That's the stuff that pisses me off. That's, that's another way of saying those things are an abomination to God. Do not be like them. They do birthdays, y'all do birthdays. They're into the zodiac and the stroke. Y'all, y'all in, I'm not into that. I'm not into that. The, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm not into that. They do celebrate things like Christmas, like Easter, the Saturnalia. The, the, their New Year's is at, 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 in the dead of winter. That's not how the Lord, our God, does things. Don't do those things. But we refused, and we started doing things like the way the nations did. We stopped obeying the voice of the Lord our God. I'm going to come back to that. Reading on y'all. Let me catch up. Let me catch up here. Now we're getting to Judges chapter six, verse eleven. All right. Let me catch up my notes. Now we're dealing with Judges chapter six and verse eleven. Right. Now we're in Judges chapter six and verse eleven. It says, "And there came an angel of the Lord, and said, and sat under an oak, which was in Oprah." that pertained unto uh, Joash, the Abizarite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. So uh, we're going to find out that this angel uh, uh, came down and approached um, uh, Gideon, who was the son of Joash, the uh, Abizarite. All right? Now, in a little, little, little more content on Judges chapter 6, verse 11, again, I'm going to read from the John Gill's commentary. Um, and it says, and there came an angel of the Lord. Now, here's what the commentary says. This was not the prophet before mentioned, the one that warned Israel about, look, I've been, God has delivered us from the Egyptians, delivered the, the land into our hands, the, the promised land into our hands. And said, "This will be my voice." We've not done that. This is not, this is not the same prophet that was talking. This is about this is another angel, all right? Um, this was not the prophet before mentioned, uh, as Bers- Ben Gershon thinks, but an angel of God, as expressed, and not a created one, but the angel of of the Most High, Most High's presence, the Word and Son of God, and who is expressly called Jehovah Himself. In Judges chapter 6, verse 14, and sat under an oak or stayed there for a while, as Kimichi interprets it, saying, uh, saying, according to this observation, angels are not said to sit but to stand, um, which was in Oprah, pertaining to Joash the Abyssalite, which shows that this Oprah is different from a city of this name in the, in the tribe of Benjamin, from Joshua chapter 18, verse 23. For the oak that was in it, under which the angel sat, belonged to Joash, the Abizarite, a descendant of Abizar, son of, son of the sister of uh, Gilead, who was the son of Mashir, the son of Manasseh. From Joshua chapter 17, verse 2, 
is called by Josephus uh, Ephra and by uh, Jerron Ephrata. We're going to find a lot of these places have significance, right? So going back now to the scripture. Going back now to the scripture, Judges chapter 6 and verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, talking about the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? Gideon didn't realize he was talking to an angel. He really didn't put that together. So that this, what appears to him, this man that approaches him and says, uh, Shalom, uh, the Lord is with thee, the almighty man of valor. And Gideon, who's hard at work, trying to you know, cut the, his crops down so he can go and hide them, is saying, hold up. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? Why are we going through all this then if, if God is with us? God is obviously mad at us. And where be all, all, and where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Verse 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this day, go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? So you can only imagine what once, once we're going to get his mind like. For he doesn't know or realize he's speaking to an angel. Kind of a weird conversation. The most high is with us. Hold up, man. If the most high is with us. Then why are we going through all this? That where's all the miracles that, that God said, you know, that he that he performed in getting us out of Egypt um all those many years ago. And now we're going, we're here going through all this right now. And then the angel says to Gideon, um, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. And now I sent thee, I'm telling you, go. Verse 15, and he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. How am I going to save all Israel? This is what Gideon's reply is, like, not realize who he's speaking to. How am I going to save all Israel? He says, when it comes to the, to the tribe of Manasseh, from the tribe of Manasseh, my family is the smallest family in the, all the tribe of Manasseh. There's more, there's more noble, there's more mighty, there's greater families than my family. And then now, even in my family, I'm the, I'm the last of my, of my father's children. Who am I that now I'm going to go and save Israel from the hand of the Midianites? I'm not no war general. I'm not no mighty man. I'm out here trying to cut down these crops to hide them from the Midianites. Verse 15. Verse 16. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Verse 17. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that that thou talkest with me. So Gideon's like, okay, if you really are, if, if, you, if this is for real, for real, then give me a sign. Show me that you're really with me there. Verse 18, depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, 
and set it before thee. And and he said, I will tarry until I come again. So Gideon's like, hold up, just say, don't, don't move. I'm gonna bring you a present. If you're the Messiah, then I got, I'm gonna bring you a present. If you're an angel, I, 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 I'm gonna bring you something. Just, just don't move. So he's like, cool, I ain't gonna go nowhere. Um, verse 19, Judges chapter six, verse 19, and Gideon went in and made ready a kid and unleavened cakes of an ephah of flour. The flesh he put in a basket. And he put the uh, the broth in a pot and brought it unto him under the oak and presented it. So he, he, he like a sacrifice, right? But um, it was a kid, meaning uh, a goat, a young goat, killed it, cooked it up, uh, prepared it, um, brought some unleavened bread and an ephah of, uh, of, of flour. Uh, the flesh he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot, you know, like a soup. Uh and brought it unto him under the oak and presented it. Judges chapter 6, verse 10, verse 20. And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the eleven cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Verse 21. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the eleven cakes. And, and there rose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the eleven cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. <laughs> you can only imagine what that must have been like. You think you talk to a mere average man, you don't realize you start talking to an actual angel of the Lord. You go and prepare this food, you bring it back to to to, to this what you think is a man. And this man says, Okay, put the food on the rock and put the broth out. Then he touches the flesh with the end of his staff. A giant fire comes up, consumes everything, and then, then the angel's gone just like that, disappears. Uh, verse 22. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O my Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee. Fear not. Thou shalt not die. He said, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't reveal this to you to kill you. I want you to go save Israel. And a lot of times, brothers and sisters, that's something that we have to consider also. That there's a lot of times most of will reveal himself to us, and it can be frightening. But you had to come back and realize, okay, so if the most I wanted to destroy me, he could have did that without having to reveal himself to me. I know I'm small in my own sight. I don't ain't worth a damn thing. But the most I will reveal himself to you that if he really wanted to destroy you, he wouldn't have to reveal himself to you. This is a little food for thought. Verse 24. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom or Yahweh Shalom unto uh, this day. It is, it is yet in Oprah of the Abirazites. Judges chapter 6, verse 25. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years, seven years old, 
and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father has that thy father has, and cut down the grove that is by it. So here we're saying that Gideon's father was worshiping other gods. And remember, Gideon is the baby of the family. He's the youngest son of his father's family. And here the Most High is telling Gideon, go to your father's altar of Baal and pull it down and destroy it. Verse 26. And build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place. And he took the second bullock and offered a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove, which thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was, because he feared that his father's household and the men of the city, that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. Gideon was like, man, I'm going to do this. They're going to be hot. All the men of the city come and worship this damn this 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 idol at my dad's house that that my dad had built in his palace or his church or, or whatever you want to call it his temple, and I'm going to destroy it and I'm going to raise up a temple or raise up an altar to the Mosai to to Yahweh by Shemi Shai to the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob. And again, remember the men of the city is not talking about heathen; these are other Israelites. These are other Israelites, along with his father, that's worshiping these strange gods. The reason why the Midianites have power over the Israelites at this particular time. Gideon destroys the altar of Baal. Genesis chapter 6, verse 28. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it. And a second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said one to another, who has done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, had done this thing. Genesis chapter 6, verse 30. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, bring out thy son that he may die, because he has cast down the altar of Baal, and because he has cut down the grove that was by it. Verse 31, and Joash said unto all that stood against him, will ye plead for, for Baal? Will ye save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death whilst it is yet morning. If it be a God, let him plead for himself, because one hath cast down his altar. So even Joash came to his senses a little bit. Oh, hold up. I'm worshiping this damn God um, and got this temple set up in this grove and I'm I'm really thinking that this God is powerful but my son could pull down the altar and destroy it. If Baal was really that powerful, then why didn't Baal save himself? And now y'all going to stand up for Baal? How, y'all going to stand up for Baal? Playing a little mind games with him. Y'all gonna set up for Baal and Baal can't set up for himself? Y'all need to die because you're saying Baal can't do it. You're saying Baal's too weak. You're saying Baal can't save himself. So you gotta save Baal? 
then you got to die. Mosabi does have a sense of humor, very sarcastic. Verse 32, therefore, on that day, on that day, he called him Jerubbaal. I mean, this is when Gideon's name was changed to Jerubbaal, saying, let the all plead against him because he has thrown down his altar. If Baal is really that mad, that pissed off of that man, then let Baal do something to him, to Gideon. Ain't nobody going to touch him because Baal supposed to be that powerful. Judges chapter 6, verse 33. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came up upon Gideon, and, and he blew a trumpet, and I Abiazar was gathered after him, the city. Verse 35. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who, was, who also was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher and unto Zebulon and unto Naphtali. And they came up to meet him. Cool. So now we got Manasseh, the tribe of Manasseh, Asher, Zebulon, and Naphtali. All rallying now, ready to go to war with the Midianites, the Amalekites, and all the children of the east. All right. Um, Judges chapter 6, verse 36. And Gideon said unto God, unto the Most High, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor. And if the dew be, be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon the earth beside, this shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. Verse 38. And it was so. For he rose up early on the morrow and thrust the fleece together and wringed the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto the Most High, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak, it, uh, speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece, let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground, let there be dew. And the Lord and, and the Most High did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. All right. Um, how much time we got left? I, I know there's a lot of reading. I got 20 minutes. Let's do it, then. Let's do it. Um, let's go to uh, Judges chapter 7, verse 1. Let me see something, y'all. Um, Let me do this. Let's go to the to the apocrypha. Before I get all into the, let's go to the Josephus. I'm sorry. Let's go to the Josephus. Um, to Antiquities, Antiquities of the Jews, Book Five, Chapter Six. Um, we're gonna start at Paragraph One. Antiquities of the Jews, Book Five, Chapter Six. We're gonna start at Paragraph One, and it, it starts off. The title um, starts off this way from Chapter Six. It says, "How the Midianites and other nations fought against the Israelites." And beat them and afflicted their country for seven years. 
how they were delivered by Gideon, who ruled over them, over the multitude for 40 years. So let's read this here. Uh, paragraph, uh, paragraph one. Antiquities of the Jews, book five, chapter six, paragraph number one. Now, when Barak and Deborah were dead, whose deaths happened about the same time, afterwards the Midianites called the Amalekites and the Arabians to their assistance and made war against the Israelites and were too hard for those that fought against them. And when they had burnt the, the fruits of the earth, they carried off the prey. So this is kind of a recap, but now we're getting from the historian Flavius Josephus. Give us a recap of, of what happened. That the Midianites were also known as the Arabians. All right, that the, the Midianites were, were uh, closely related uh, to they were uh, they were a family of uh, Arabians. I'm just just say it like that. They were a family of Arabians who who joined together with uh, the Midianites and with the Am- Amalekites. So here is the Arabs gathered together with white people come against the Israelites. The Arabs along with white people coming against the Israelites, okay? And were too hard for those that fought against them. Um, and when they had burnt the fruits of the earth, talking about the, the Midianites, the Arabians, and, and, the, and white folks, had burnt the fruits of the earth, they carried off the prey. They took, they, they took everything, all the food, all, 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 all the food, all the cattle, all the oxen, sheep, took everything. Now, when they had done this for three years, the multitude of the Israelites retired to the mountains and forsook the palm country, the plain country. They also made themselves hollows underground and caverns and preserved them in whatsoever had escaped their enemies. For the Midianites made expeditions in harvest time, but permitted them to plow the land in winter. That so, when the others had, had taken the pains, they might have fruits for them to carry away. That's cool. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and the Arabians, they came and took everything during, during, during summer. And during the winter, they let the Israelites, y'all go ahead and plant. Y'all go ahead and plant. Go ahead. Tend to your crops. We'll be back next year. This is what was going on. But permitted them uh, to plow the land in winter. That's so when the others had taken the paint, the plains, the pains, they might have fruits for them to carry away. Indeed, they ensued a fa- sorry. Indeed, there ensued a famine and a scarcity of food, upon which they betook themselves to to their supplications to God and besought Him to save them. That now, not only were the Midianites taking all the food away from the Israelites, but then the Lord also made a famine that came through also making us suffer because of our sins, making us suffer because we wanted to be like the other nations and didn't want to keep God's laws, statutes, commandments, and judgments. Paragraph 2 now. Antiquities of the Jews, uh, Book 5, Chapter 6, Paragraph number 2. Gideon also, the son of Joash, one of the principal persons of the tribe of Manasseh, brought his sheaves uh, of, of corn privately and thrashed them at the wine press, for he was too fearful of their enemies to thrash them openly in the threshing floor. At this time, somewhat appeared to him 
in the shape of a young man and told him that he was a happy man and beloved of God. To which he immediately replied, a mighty, a mighty uh, indication of God's favor to me that I am, I am forced to use this wine press instead of a thrashing floor. That if I'm so mighty, look at what I got to hide what I'm doing instead of being on the open whacking, whacking where it's supposed to be done. It says, but the appearance exhorted him to be of good courage and to make an attempt uh, for recovery of their liberty. He answered that it was impossible for him to recover it because the tribe to which he belonged was by no means numerous and because he was but young himself and too inconsiderable to think of such great actions. But the other promised him that God would supply what he was uh, deficient in and would afford the Israelites victory under his conduct. Verse 3, and that reminds me of, of a scripture. This is one of Barabbas' uh, favorite ones that he likes, likes to remind people of. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, in this last 10 minutes that I got. Let me get it. Let me get it. Let me get it. I'm looking for right now, and I can't find it as I'm pressed for time. It tells us that um, God will work with God will work with you with what you have, and not what you don't have. That that whatever it is you have, the Most High would make it sufficient. That it's all Him anyway. That's doing it anyway. So a lot of times we we, we carry a lot of fear that I can't get this done. I can't do this because I don't have this. I don't have that. And the Most High is like, I'll work with what you got. Whatever it is you do have, I can make that sufficient. But a lot of times we go by sight, we go by what we see, and we let that fear consume us mm-hmm. instead of being strong and confident in the Most High. All right, so Antiquity, Antiquity of the Jews, Chapter 5, um, I'm sorry, Antiquity, Antiquities of the Jews, Book 5, Chapter 6, Paragraph 3, reading on. Now, therefore, as Gideon was relating this to some young men, they believed him, and immediately there was an army of 10,000 men got ready for, for fighting. 
cool. So we got that. Let's let's come back to because of time, I ain't gonna finish all this. That's 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 what I'm afraid of. All right, let's go back to uh, Judges chapter seven now. And we're getting down to Gideon's 300 men. All right, Gideon's 300 men. Uh, Judges 7, verse 1. Then Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Harad, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Moray in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for, the, for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Thus Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. So the most I know is our people. We, we always want to be like the nations, and we're always looking for a name for ourselves. Similar to how Nimrod, uh, at the, uh, after the flood, was all about trying to make a name for himself. That it was me. I did this. I'm taking my fate into my own hands. And it was by my own power, my own will, my own determination that I made this to happen. That God had nothing to do with it, that I'm a God, that I made this happen. It's all about me. I'm the GOAT. I'm the greatest of all times. That um, I would like to, like, I don't want to thank God. I want to thank me for all my hard work, my dedication, for, for, for me believing in me that I could do this, that I made this happen. So the most I was like, no, nah, there's too many of y'all for me to, to give the Midianites into your hands. Y'all gonna get prideful. Y'all gonna be, start boasting. Verse three. Now therefore, go to, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, "Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead." And there returned of the people twenty-two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. So look at these numbers for a second, brother. Says, look at these numbers. Gideon started with ten thousand. Um. Was able to call together the tribes of Manasseh, Zebulon, um, Asher, and Naphtali. And for the men of war, it went from 10,000 to 32,000. Of this 32,000, they fight all the children of, of Midian, Amalek, and of the children of the east. Some innumerable, almost, almost like what you might have seen in, in um, uh, this is Sparta. Um, the three hundred faces the innumerable multitude. Guess what, y'all? Start with the, that. That story came from the Bible first, not Leonidas, Gideon, right? And, and there returned other people twenty-two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. So you just had. Three-quarters of your army just walk away. So you're down to 10,000 men. Check this out, verse 4. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down into the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whosoever I say unto thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So they're already fishing in a numerous multitude. 22,000 men just walked away, leaving 10,000. And the most high says, it's still too many. We got we to gotta dwindle these numbers down some more. 
Because y'all gonna really keep thinking that it's y'all that y'all did this. Got this victory. Verse five, Judges chapter seven, verse five. So he brought down the people onto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that hath that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink. So he's saying, cool. We're going to find out that the Lord, it, it got hot that day. And he must, must give him some type of workout or whatever and brought him to the water. He said, now those that kind of keep their composure and they bring the water up to, they, they, they put their hand in the water and they bring their water up to their mouth. Remember, the, the, the Midian army is right there. For those that, that, that put their hand in the water and bring it to their mouth, Cool. Separate them, and for the ones that are just so hot and just so 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 thirsty that they bow down on all fours and they slam their head in the water and just start drinking. Separate, separate them also. Put them on one side, but for the ones who actually put their hand in the water and then bring it up to their mouth to drink, separate them also. So you get two groups. Verse six, and the number of them that lapped putting their hand to their mouth, were 300, 300 men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. They were just so hot and thirsty and about to die, right? Verse 7. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the 300 men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand. And let all the other people go, every man, to his place. Send all the rest of the other, other cats home. So then now it's going to be 300 against an innumerable multitude. Send the rest home. That's what. So 22,000 were too fearful. They went home anyway. That's in the law. You don't take a coward to war. You're down to 10,000, and then 9,700 men are just so thirsty and so, so in need of drink, they slam their heads to the water to drink. And God says, now send them home also, and you're left with just 300 men. This verse says things like, we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. Verse 8, so the people took victuals in their hands and their trumpets, and they sent all the rest of Israel, every man, unto his tent, and retained those 300, those 300 men. And the host of Midian was beneath them in the valley. Verse 9, and it came to pass that the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down into the host, for I have delivered, into, delivered it into thy hand. Verse 10, but if thou fear to go down, go down with Furah, thy servant, down to the host. Go, go with Furah, thy servant, down to the host. And thou shalt hear what they say. And afterward shall thine hands be strong, be strengthened, to go down unto the host. Then went he down with Furah, his servant, into the outside of the armed men that were in the host. Verse 12. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers from multitude. And their camels were without number, as the sand by the seaside from multitude. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian.
and came unto a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it that the tent lay along. And this fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand has God delivered Midian and all the hosts. Verse 15. And it was so, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation of, uh, thereof, that he worshipped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered into your hand the host of Midian. Did y'all picture, did y'all see the timing of God with all this? God just had it happen. So by the time Midian and Phura get down to the, to, they, they sneak inside the camp of the, uh, this Midianite army. And at the same time they get there, they hear one soldier telling another soldier about the dream he had. And the interpretation of it all right there, right there, as, as Gideon is there. If that is something of the strength of the how the Mosai is in control of everything, it wasn't about the dream. Like, I know a lot of people like, like, want to get focused on the dream. It wasn't even about the dream. It was about making sure Gideon heard this message. Verse 16. Judges chapter 7, verse 16. And he divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps uh, within the pitchers. And he said unto them, look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. Verse 18, when I blow with a trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp. And say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Verse 19. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle of in the beginning of the middle watch. And they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. And and the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with all. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp. And all the hosts ran and cried and fled. And the 300 blew the, blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man, every man sword against his fellow, even throughout all the hosts. And the hosts fled to Beth Shittah in Zerath. And to the border of Abel, uh, Abel Minaloa, unto uh, uh, Tabith. And the men of Israel gathered themselves together out of Naphtali and out of Asher and out of uh, all Manasseh and pursued after the Midianites. And Gideon sent messengers throughout all Mount Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and take, and take before them the waters unto Beth Barah. And Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and took the waters unto Beth Barah and Jordan. Judges chapter 7, verse 25. And they took two princes of the Midianites, Oreb and, and Zeb. And they slew Oreb upon the rock, Oreb. Oreb and Zeba. They slew at the winepress of Zeb and pursued Midian and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon on the other side of Jordan. 
But says, I'm going to end this one right here. This, the, my two hours have expired. I'm going to end this one right here. When I come back on Monday, uh, the Lord said the same, uh, we're going to continue this, the, 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 this history. We're going to continue this history because this actually is one of the greatest histories um, in the Old Testament of, of, with the Israelites, uh, the, this victory that, 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 that we had gotten, now, the, the, the more, that the Lord had given the Israelites and saving us from this, 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 uh, the slavery of the Midianites, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and all the, all the children of the East. All right. So with that, thank you, brothers and sisters. Please join us tomorrow night uh, for Bada Bada's uh, uh, Friday Night Breakdowns. Um, and today is also Wednesday. Uh, uh, ISBHBK YouTube channels, um, San Antonio, Houston, uh, Norfolk. Uh, please check them out. Uh, and with that, my name is Mashaba. Thank you, everybody, who did, who, who did tune in. Uh, any questions you might have about today's class or any of the classes I've done, please text me, area code 210-784-8463. Please text me, uh, 210-784-8463. And I'm going to say Shalom. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.